<laughs> that would be that would be my mom's dog Charlie. Oh man. Oh, oh car. Are we going for a ride? Let's go for a ride. Oh man. <laughs> Jumps into the road. Imagine like you go home this weekend and like you open the door and Charlie's there like six foot tall, man. Like Oh no. Like flexing on you. <laughs> that... Like fur fur. She already scares me. She doesn't need to be on her legs either. You know, she kinda already walks around on her two feet sometimes. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to What Tales Lurk in the Dark. Hello. And I'm John, and this is Teresa. Yeah, I'm um, feeling better, you guys. Yeah. Last week I was sick, and I'm, as you can hear, I am back to normal. Mm. Sorry, I hesitated before even talking because Kingsley was giving me a look of, like, I don't know what he was feeling. It looked like he was, like, feeling fear or something. He's cleaning his butt right now. Yeah, but, like, he, like, took a break, gave me, like, a weird look. I'm wondering mm. if... <laughs> he always kind of gives you a weird look. He Well, when he cuddles me, it's different, because then it's like, okay, well, then leave, and then he doesn't. Mm. <laughs> Maybe he's like, mm, you smell weird, but I, I'm too comfy to leave. <laughs> um, Feel free to comment, guys, if you guys ever want to learn more about Kingsley. Um, he is, he is our mascot, but since he's not, like, a dog or something, he can't really work at, like, he doesn't do much. <laughs> he doesn't do much. He like, just kind of lays around. Mm-hmm. Like, he's here. He he might not make himself known. He did jump off the fridge last week. Yeah, I think, um, I, did you edit that out? Because I didn't, um, the thump, didn't the thump. Part. Yeah, the thump didn't make it. I didn't even hear us talk about it. I thought I, no, I might I have edited it out episode. subconsciously. Oh. I didn't think well, about it. Well, last week, Kingsley jumped off the fridge while you we were recording, and I'm pretty oh. sure John edited it out, because I did listen to the episode. Maybe because there must have been something bigger, because I remember uh, I did edit out a pretty large portion because it got well, kind of crazy. the difference between you and me is that I'll say I'll edit something out, and I leave it. <laughs> and then you, you go crazy with the editing. I let John edit this week, and because um, I was really busy with schoolwork, and... He was, like, fixing the audio levels and all this crap. I just kind of, like... Well, it's, like, it's it's pretty well known at this point that I have, like, pretty deep, loud voice, and Trace's voice does not get picked up well on these microphones at all, and I tried to, like, equalize it, but yeah, then John's I realized... Yeah, kind of, like, way far away from the bike right now, and I'm right up to it, and it sounds <laughs> about the same. And it's, like, um, I, I remember... I headset, anyway. I remember it was an hour into me editing, and I didn't even get to my segment yet. I was still in the intro, and I was, like... You know, I, I can't do this. Well, sorry if I'm super quiet, guys. It's just because um, John is loud. <laughs> See, she's not quiet. I'm just loud. Well, I might be a little quiet. So I picked something especially weird today, but this was definitely like in the group of mo like the group of creatures that I definitely always wanted to do. As soon as this like this uh co this podcast was like conceptualized, this was like on my list. I almost did it the first week. I almost did it the second week. So is it like something famous? No. Hmm. It's something I heard about years ago, and I found to be so strange and weird, it hmm. didn't leave my memory banks. Okay, what is it? It is called the Krasu. Is that French? No. Oh. It's Taiwanese. <laughs> uh, close? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go ahead and start the intro now. Okay. You're walking home from a hard day's work at the farm. 
You didn't even realize the sun was already beginning to set by the time you were putting away your tools. You rush home feeling guilty because you can't believe you left your pregnant wife all alone for so long. The midwife stated that it was possible for her to birth any week now, and God forbid, before you finish that thought, your neighbor and friend starts running towards you saying your worst fear came true. She's already in labor. You run to your home to go see your wife, and when when you get when your home was in view, you swear you saw something grotesque fly out the window. It was dark, but you could have looked you could have sworn it looked like a mass of blood attached to a head. You must be seeing things and continue Wait, a running. What? Sorry to interrupt, but a mass of blood connected to a head. A mass of blood? Yeah. He saw it from a good like a distance away. You must be th- seeing things, you think, and you continue running. You hope and wished everything was going smoothly and you were not too late to see the delivery. You open the front door, and the emotion of joy and panic vanished like a candle being blown out, leaving behind only dread and shock like none other you felt before. Blood caked the walls, the midlife's throat was completely gone, and, blo- and a bloody mass is what you can think used to be your wife and child. The only thing of your wife unsullied was her head, which had a look of pain terror frozen on her face. And that's the end of the story I wrote to encapsulate this creature. So is the creature the baby? No. What? So the Krasu is something uh, extremely strange in folklore. Because, like, floating heads do not seem to be that strange in folklore because, like, that's kind of a normal thing to think about when you think of ancient things. Floating heads don't seem that strange. But imagine, but have you ever seen one with her organs remained attached to her neck? Wait, so it's not just blood? It's the organs, too? Yeah. The organs were literally what he saw. I just said mass of blood because I wanted it to be mysterious. But no. Um, the Krasu uh, relatively stays the same. Uh, at least for, or at least very similar throughout many of its interpretations, but most, it's primarily just a woman's severed head, a young woman, with organs hanging from the base of her neck. Oh. It's a flying head. This is one of the, we- like I said, this is one of the weirdest things I've ever seen come out of folklore. And I heard about it when I was in high school, and I, ne- and ne- I couldn't stop thinking about how strange it was. And um, it has sharp teeth and floats around. Sorry, I was just moving John's mic slightly closer to him. Oh, okay. Um, it has sharp teeth and it floats around. The major differences between interpretation lies in what organs she has. The stomach seems to remain consistent. And in the most modern interpretation that I could find, it has her uh, windpipe flapping in the wind as it flies around. <laughs> <laughs> like a turkey's guzzard? <laughs> no. <laughs> like, imagine, like, a tube attached to, like, I don't know. It was just like it flaps around like a, a what are those things called? You, like wait, a hold on. Have you ever seen trainer? that one fine of the guy with the really thin slice of watermelon flapping in the wind? <laughs> That's what I am imagining. Her windpipe, though, like the thing that yeah, connects like to her lungs. Yeah, like a piece lungs. of watermelon. Oh my gosh! Flopping in the wind. <laughs> the funniest part is that apparently this thing's windpipe was like extended all the way down to like here, which mm. that doesn't. That's not right. <laughs> it ain't right. It ain't right. Like her, like we know it's not the the tube that connects to the stomach. Okay, but nothing about this floating lady is right. Yeah, good point. <laughs> um, so in other historic renditions, it includes her heart, 
large and small intestine, and one film adaptation even sees their lungs on top of everything else. So, um, you know how the small intestine is, like, really, really long? Is it, like, still coiled up when she's floating around? Okay, so it just magically stays knotted all together. Okay, so she's not, like... Sorry, I'm shaking my head. Uh, I'm nodding, yes. Sorry, everybody. Oh, I didn't even realize. (laughs) I was nodding, yes. I can see you. Oh, yeah, no, no, yeah, it's still coiled up in the Hmm. paintings I saw. Um, Yeah, it is pretty messy. That doesn't seem, like, logically possible. It's not. For them to all stay coiled together. Well, this is folklore. It doesn't have to be Mm -hmm. logical. Yeah, I guess so. No, it wouldn't. I did just say nothing about hers, right? Well, I mean, her her decapitated head wouldn't have her organs hanging from it either. Mm. Like, um, the stomach wouldn't be hanging off. Well, let's get more into it. Right, right. Sorry. Um, the last thing of note I found about the Crossu's appearance is that in some accounts, she was a- accompanied by a strange will-o'-wisp-like glow. Hmm. And some people... John! <laughs> sorry, my Put phone your phone on silent! It was on silent. It just vibrated really loudly. Oh, that's not silent. Silent. That's on vibrate. If it vibrates loudly. <sighs> I guess you're right. I'm so sorry, everybody. You heard my phone vibrate. So let's talk about its cultural origins. Okay. The origin. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it's like a really long pause. I'm like, okay. <laughs> sorry, I had to get situated. John's eating. Um, wait, not eating. You're drinking Pepsi, so. Yeah, I needed the caffeine to wake okay, me up. Well, the um, carbonation, I think, is getting to you. <laughs> The origins of the creature can be tied to 13th century uh, Angkor Thom, translated as Great City. It's a part of what is now Cambodia, mm-hmm. where the uh, the the Krasu uh, used to be called the uh, Op, A-H-P, Op. And that's where it used to be called. But because of popular films, fiction, stories, illustrations, etc. from Thailand, the uh, Krasu is the more popular version. Hmm. Uh, but that being said, the Krasu has many names outside of those. It's known as uh, Kasu from Laos, uh, the Pal- uh, the Palasik from Vietnam. Sorry, it's been a while since I last heard these translations. I'm probably butchering it horribly. But there's also something interesting that's connected to the Krasu called the Mana Mananangal. Uh, from the Philippines. It is not the same as the Krasu, but there is a great uh, similarity. It's best described to us Westerners as a female vampire with bat wings. The Mananangal has an ability that resembles the Krasu because it normally walks around looking like a regular vampire would, but at any moment, it can segment its body at will, shoot its torso at you, and unfurl bat wings to fly at you with its torso, with organs hanging out of the, out of the bottom of the torso. Oh my god, wait, hold on, like those toys where you like press a button and they just fall apart? Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, no, seriously, it was just like, she's just like, like, it's like you insult her and then it's like, what'd you say, bitch? Yeet? And like just yeets her own torso at you. Oh my god. And I I say vampire. (laughs) And I say vampire, but it's like, this is from uh, from the Philippines, so I don't think it's really a vampire, but, you know, it's a thing that eats people. Um, all right, that's that. I just had to say it because I thought that was hilarious. But when we talk about it's like other cultural influences, um, a lot of the stories include witchcraft and women who are searching for um, uh, empowerment over one's life. 
and it targets abortion people getting abortions specifically. So I think these stories are supposed uh, warnings to women to not be so self uh, like like they're sexist. They're trying to tell women to stay in your place. I feel like a lot mm-hmm. of these stories are because becoming a crossu is a punishment for doing witchcraft, for doing for getting mm-hmm. an abortion, for being selfish, quote unquote. So it seems like a lot of it's just like women aren't allowed to do, you know. Uh, but the most popular tale seems to be, paint the main character in a tragic light instead, is ex, like unlike a lot of these other tales. So, but before I tell that story, let's get into the lore. It takes up a human form during the day and then sheds its skin, so to speak. <laughs> then she yeah. hunts in the night. She hunts because she suffers an insatiable hunger for human flesh, but she will make do with a chicken or two, or even uh, rotting corpses if desperate. Oh. Yeah. No, she's apparently a carrion, like she eats carrion, which I'm not exactly sure what that means, but that's like vultures and shit. They eat like rotting corpses. Yeah, carrion is, um, it's like dead bodies. Hmm. But her favorite food, you want to guess? Babies. The placenta. Oh. Specifically the placenta. And that's why she targets pregnant women, and that's why I included a pregnant woman in the story, Mm -hmm. because she likes eating placentas. And this is also why they talk about... She sounds like um, those weird um, hippie people that eat placenta. I made the same connection. I thought that was hilarious. (laughs) So, see, uh, the crassu is actually what's going to happen to all hippies. Or it's um actually that one history teacher from our high school that had a placenta. Wait. Do you remember that? No. Yeah, there was a um I don't know if it was a rumor or not, but apparently one of the history teachers at our high school had a placenta. Like ate one? In a jar. In a jar. Yeah, in a jar. She didn't eat it. Or maybe she did. I don't know. <laughs> I never heard of that. A yeah, lot of rumors. It, um, I don't want to drop any names. True. Don't do that. <laughs> Bad idea. Because I, I, it might just be a rumor, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. But she's actually a crusty, probably. You'll just have to tell me afterwards. I'll tell you. There are many different ways that one can become a crusty, but mainly involving witchcraft. But it can also be from just mixing blood or saliva with crusty, like a werewolf or zombie. But I personally enjoy the story about wh- the stories that include witchcraft instead, because it's always like a... Uh, tragic flaw type of story it's like a like um it could be a curse uh a witch puts on you it could be a witch who botched a spell and became one Mm -hmm. like isn't that an interesting concept just a witch that fucked up or even being the daughter or granddaughter of a witch will make you turn into a crossu that's kind of bs yeah you can't control your grandma Mm -hmm. the sins of the grandmother damn it grandma why did you have to do that witchcraft now I'm a floating head with my entrails hanging out. But it's also said that the curse can be brought on by just doing social taboos. I mentioned abortion already, but other examples include like uh, witchcraft, for instance, but cheating on one's husband, murder, just doing things that are considered bad for a woman And to so do. can this only be a woman then? Yes. There's no male crusades mm. that I've found. Um... They just—it seems like they existed to scare women for be seeking individualistic ideas, claiming mm-hmm. they will be punished for it. 
and I mentioned a tragic story earlier. This tale is about a princess and her forbidden love. And this is also the most popular tale about the cross suit I found. I want to thank uh, Angel underscore Lively from Wattpad for posting a well-written uh, assessment of the story. And Oh, wow. Something well-written on Wattpad? Right. Um, <laughs> as well as the YouTube series Ghost Guide from the channel Sar Snarled. I will be basically borrowing from both of these mainly because there are other interpretations, but these two, I think, go into the best detail. Mm. Um, so there was once upon a time a princess named Tarawadi. She was arranged to be married to a powerful Siamese nobleman by her father. But as we know in these tale tales of arranged marriages, Tarawadi was in love with another, specifically a soldier, who she worried greatly over for there were in, they were in wartime. So she left for her, uh, before he left to go on to war, she went to go visit him for one last goodbye. But their farewell was cut short by the nobleman. He killed the soldier on the spot and sentenced uh, Tarawadi to death by pyre. Before the execution, Tarawadi got in contact with a Kumar sorceress. Tarawadi wanted to become impervious to harm, well, fire, at the very least. And the sorceress obliges and handed her a, a magic potion. That night, right before she was taken to be burned, she drank the potion. She was confident that she would be fine, so she did not put up a fight and allowed herself to be tied to the pyre peacefully. It's too bad that she did that, or she didn't do that, because if she did, she could have bought herself time for the potion to fully work its effect. When the fire touched her, it burned. It burned away her muscle and bones, leaving nothing behind but what the potion was able to get to in time, her head and her internal organs. And because the stomach was, uh, you know, I don't really know how she becomes a man-eating monster from this point, but that's kind of the story. And there's been even movie adaptations based on this story specifically. Mm -hmm. The way that I saw it, it seemed more like a tragic tale. So my original assessment that it seems like the Krasu is like a way of telling women to stay in their place seems a bit odd because this story seems to be more about, um, you know, a uh, woman being forced into a scenario that she doesn't want to be a part of and then she would much rather be with her true love. And it's like a tragic tale instead. Maybe the original tellings were a bit different because, you know, cultural values are different. Maybe the way they saw this story was... They saw her getting her just deed. But then again, why would she turn to a monster at that point? Mm. Who knows? Um, so let's talk media. Uh, I didn't know this prior to writing this, but apparently there was a big cult following that surfaced in the United States recently for this. Oh, is that how you heard about it? No. I heard about it because of the movies. Oh. The, like, fifteen over 15 numbers of movies since the 1970s. Mm. But this cult following uh, recently surfaced because um, there is this indie horror video game titled Eyes the Horror Game. I actually remember hearing about this game, but I didn't make the attachment that it was about the cross Sioux till now. Um, in this game, you play a thief that breaks out, uh, breaks into an abandoned mansion to find riches. But before you can start, you find out the cross Sioux was hunting you. So to win, you have to find all the money bags and leave. It's like a slender ripoff, except for it's based mm -hmm. on an actual monster from folklore. 
like a set of notes, you're hunting for money bags. Mm. And you're in a mansion instead of a forest. And it seems like um, by the time it came out, it was probably riding off of the creepypasta video game wave that was happening for like indie horror. I didn't, um, I didn't really know any others besides Slenderman, so. Well, I mean, there's plenty of indie horror games that were popular in that time other than Slender. Based off of creepypastas? Well, this isn't based off of creepypasta either. Well, yeah, but you said the creepypasta. Ah, you know, people who like creepypastas played those horror games too. I like creepypastas, I didn't play the game. You definitely played those horror games. I played the Slenderman game, but I didn't play anything else. That's a lie. What do you mean? Not not anything else creepypasta related, but you definitely played other indie horrors. What about that one where you're in a sewer system? Uh, gotcha. Vanish is scary. <laughs> All right. So I mentioned that I knew it because there has been a wide array of films made in Asia about the Krasu. That's why I knew about it. Mm. It has over 15 films that it features in, and the, and it's about their legends as well. Like some of them mention a story about a woman who always had a black uh, a black ribbon around her neck, supposedly to protect her oh, skin did... from the sun. Oh, I thought you were talking about the chick that had the ribbon around her neck, so it kept her head on. Yeah, no, that's a good story too, but this seems unrelated. I tried to find out if they were related, but apparently they're not because she ends up getting cursed by a uh, demon to become the Krasu. Mm-hmm. It's nothing like she's not already one. It's like uh, I, I couldn't find like the reason I didn't tell that story is because I couldn't find a complete version of it. I see. Everyone just copy and pasted the same Wikipedia article about it. Mm-hmm. That's the problem with, like, weird, obscure things like the Crosshair. You can't always find a lot of accurate things about it. Um, I meant to actually write down its most popular ones, but I remember, um, uh, a, like, Crosshair and the Valentine or something about a Valentine is a weird one that came out in 2002. Hold on, I might have an article open. Uh, you distract them real quick. I don't like being put on the spot. I'm just bullying you, really. Uh, okay, so... We'll edit this out. We'll edit this out. Okay. I found some. Uh, the oldest one I could find in this uh, little, like, thing talking about it is from 1977. Is called, uh, in Ho- it was made in Hong Kong called Witch with the Flying Head. I think this is the movie I heard about that talked about this first. There's also movies called Lady Vampire where the Krasu shows up in. Uh, Mystics in Bali. But there's also been people that like, uh, you know, the spirit orbs in like yeah. photographs and stuff. Mm-hmm. They would attribute that to the Krasu as well in more recent. Oh, I thought you were talking things. about Legend of Zelda. No. <laughs> I'm playing Breath of the Wild right now. You collect spirit orbs. <laughs> it's a pretty good game. I recommend but no, um, no, I'm talking about the spirit orbs in pictures. Yeah. <laughs> I've caught a couple of those. Yeah? Mm-hmm. That's good. Apparently the Krasu has uh, been attributed to that before. Uh, I think the most popular one... Oh, I found one that's even older. It's uh, called Ghost of the Guts... Or Ghosts of Guts Eater from 1973 from Ghost Thailand. Ghost of Gut Eater? Guts Eater. Guts Eater. Yeah. It, it it just doesn't translate well. I'm sure you can mm. find a better translation. Probably. 
Uh, Demonic Beauty? I wish that there was like a rating system so I can recommend one specifically, but I guess you just have to do your research if you want to see this monster in action. Or you can play the weird, obscure horror game. But that's it from me. Oh, wow. That was a short one. Yeah, I, I, the mermaid one was really long, and I felt guilty, so I decided to go light this time around. Mm. And plus, I ran out of... I'm ran sure out if of I, material? If I dug deeper, but that required me to, like, dig really deep. I would have to find, like, <laughs> like some obscure websites that talk deeply about it, which I already did, but I would have to find more. Because mm. I already dug deep for this one. Yeah. It's obscure. It is pretty obscure. I've never, I probably would have never heard of it before. That's the point of this, right? To talk about obscure monsters or non-obscure monsters and learn more about them. Mm. Well, I've got a pretty popular one. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Here, let me just minimize this so I can make sure this is still recording okay. Mm. All right, before that starts, apparently there's erotic films. What? Called Krasu Rak Krasu Sawat. I, that's not translated, so I don't know what that means, but it says erotic film. I'm going to click on the link and maybe I'll find what? something no, funny. No, 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 no. They're not going to play it. It's from the Wikipedia article. They don't have anything about it. No, did Kingsley fart? <laughs> he might have... Uh... Went into oh no he's he sleeping. always farts in his sleep. <laughs> what a stinky cat! I don't think it's normal for cats to fart like this. Like it's kind of strange to me that like we never heard of it before because there's been movies made in like 2014. But oh, I'm I gonna thought let you were you talking start. about cat farts. Oh yeah, cat farts. Movies about cat farts. So there's I I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around um, how there would be an erotic film about a floating head. There was a romance movie about it, but I think that was mainly about the, you know, the tale I just told. Mm. It was like a retelling of that in But you said form. an erotic film. No, that was definitely, that definitely did say erotic film. Um, I wish I could find more details about it, but that would just be a waste of time at this point. Unless the viewers, if you really want to know, comment and I'll talk more about it next week. <laughs> no, thank you. We will not. I'm not gonna watch it or anything, but I'll like, exp like sure. I'll talk about it. Sure, John. <laughs> you can't see the face I just gave her, but I kind of wish I did. I, I think I'm digging myself a hole at this point. Yeah, you kind of are. <sighs> it's okay. I'll change the subject by talking about the Michigan Dogman. Like a werewolf. The Michigan Dogman. Like, does he, is he a man with a lot of dogs, or is he a ma half man, half dog? Well, let me tell you. The dogman's appearance ranges from a humanoid figure with the face of a dog, while others say it is a large dog that walks on two legs. The physical appearance is quite similar to that of what we think of for werewolves. So you know, they're just when you said they're a hairy like, dog man. I thought you were, like, when you, well, like the first one you said it was just like a regular man with the head of a dog. I was expecting, like, you know, like Mr. Peanut Butter. From Bull no, 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 no. They, they, um, it's like you, um, go on a Photoshop and you take the body of a man. Oh, and that's even better. And you stick a tail on him and then put a dog head on him. Oh, that's even better. That's like, um, like a salary man in a suit just going like, oh no, I'm late. And just got like, <laughs> and just starts running and is. His... <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm losing about. it, man. So these, um, they're normally described as having glowing amber or icy blue eyes. 
the head of a dog with vicious fangs and a human torso. They can stand up on two legs and are somewhere between six and seven feet tall. They are incredibly fast and allegedly have a horrible scream-like howl. One witness that claimed to have encountered it said it had the scream of an infant. Which is really creepy to me. Like, when I was reading about that, I'm like, ugh, dog sounding like a baby in the night. Yeah, that's kind of strange. It's a little disturbing. Although people um have seen it and they're, like, scared shitless about it, the dog man has never been known to attack anybody. So it's just a weirdo in the woods, huh? <laughs> It's just some guy in his fur suit in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually probably it. It's probably it's like just I a just furry. I just wanted to be in privacy. But, um, it's Michigan after all. So, <laughs> there tends to be prominent sightings of the creature roughly every 10 years, frequently falling on years that end in the number seven. Like dog ears? Does the dog only appear in dog ears? Oh, oh yeah, because dog ears are like every seven human years. Yeah. I didn't think of that. I you know, just thought like, it was weird. Like, if I'm learning anything from this podcast, it's like, like, folklore is we like, always... has these deep-seated reasons, and then urban legends is like a crack shift. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, they all seem to be animal-human hybrids. But... True. Honestly, that's true. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Um, Hold on. Okay, yeah, so now I'm going to talk a little bit about the history of this thing. Oh, please. So the first sighting of this thing was in 1887 and so um what happened was two lumberjacks saw a creature which they described as having a man's body and a dog's head figuring it was a large wild dog they chased it they chased it until it attempted to hide in a hollow log which is something i don't think a dog would really do i think it would just it's like some bugs bunny stuff man yeah it's like it just sounded very cartoony but um Trying to get it out of the log, the guys stupidly. <laughs> Sorry, I copy and pasted this from a, um from an article. I forget what one it was. If you just Google the dog man, it was probably within the first five searches. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just did my notes like maybe an hour ago. But um, don't snitch on so yourself. So they stupidly started jabbing at it with a stick. The dogman let out a weird shriek, probably a baby cry, and jumped out of the log. Needless to say, the men practically soiled themselves and ran like scared rabbits. So, so like... I'll probably, when we post this, I'll probably put a link to the article, because it was pretty funny. So, like, the dogman is, like, like, this guy is non-hostile, like, at all. This, I think this is our first, like, folklore about a non-hostile just being. Just doesn't do anything, just scares people. Like, it's not even trying to. It's, like, it's just trying to be, like, alone. Like, it's, like, leave him Well, so this like, one... Like, this Bugs Bunny dude just wants to be left alone, man. This one says that in 1937, in Paris, Michigan, a man was attacked by five wild dogs and said that one of the five walked on two legs. Yo, he got mad with power after meeting some real dogs. <laughs> he was like i am the alpha God. i must assert dominance over this human <laughs> <laughs> but anyway another um similar spottings were said to happen also in cross village michigan in 1967 really mm-hmm. so in 1987 have you noticed all these dates or Our... the first sighting was 1887 the next one was in 1937 more in 1967 and now in 1987, disc jockey Steve Cook at Traverse City, Michigan, recorded a song titled The Legend, which 
he initially played as an April Fool's Day joke. He'd never actually heard of the Michigan Dogman at the time of the recording. He just kind of compiled like a bunch of what was um, common in American urban legends and folklore and made a song about it. That's amazing. And apparently it fit the description of the Dogman. <laughs> so, um, so basically, this is a quote from him. He said, I made it up completely from my own imagination as an April Fool's prank from the radio and stumbled my way to a legend that goes back all the way to Native American times. After he played the song on the radio, Cook received calls from listeners who said they had encountered a similar creature. In the next weeks after Cook played the song, it was the most requested song on the station. He also sold cassettes of the song for $4 and donated proceeds to an animal shelter. That's amazing. What a great guy. So the dog man for dogs. And then, um, so over the years, Cook has received more than 100 reports of the creature's existence, but he remains skeptical of the dogman's existence. I would too, probably, if He's, I were him. Yeah, I mean, like, you can't you trust Like, you a song fans, and then man. people are like, oh yeah, I saw that thing. Yeah, I saw it. Pay attention to me. <laughs> but then again, I mean, there's a lot of, there was sightings before he even wrote the song, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. Right, absolutely. But it's Which, like, um... It messes with the seven-year thing. I can't. I is almost... it multiples of seven, or is it ha- the year have to end with the seven for the dogman? If you're like, I guess I gotta go spook. I mean, I don't this think year. it has to. I th- I'm pretty sure there's been sightings that weren't in the years that ended with seven, but those were all the ones that I found. Okay. Yeah, there's a common belief that it shows up every ten years on years that end in seven. So hmm. we got another. Uh... It's 2019, so we've got another how many years? You're thinking Six. of eight? Eight? Eight. Till t- you're thinking till 2027? 2027? So it's eight. Yeah, because that... Oh, I don't know math. <laughs> <laughs> We're super bad at math here. <laughs> oh, I don't know math. Holy crap. Uh, I'm an art student for a reason. <laughs> um, where was I? So, I kind of want to talk a little bit about the possible origins. So, back in the 1860s, the Cheyenne established their own group of warriors known as the Dog Soldiers or Dog Men. Native Americans would spend years studying or becoming one with their spirit animal, taking on the mannerisms and strength of wolves or wild dogs. And this actually goes whack, like way, way far, because I think I mentioned before that I'm in um, Mesoamerican art history right now. Mm-hmm. And... um. So there's a thing called the Nahual in um, Mesoamerica that um, it goes all the way back to the Olmec, as far as we know, which was a civilization that existed like as early as I think um, maybe 1500 BC. Mm-hmm. So that long ago, we um, see things about the Nahual, which is the um, spirit animal. And shamans would basically um, take these hallucinogenic drugs to help them get into their spirit animal form. And it would make them be able to traverse, like, into the spirit realm. So I just thought that was interesting. But um, something with the Olmec is what they would, they um, had a thing with jaguars. But apparently the Cheyenne had a thing with the dogmen. So well, that's interesting. So, um, yeah, but there was also um, dogs in the Olmec culture too for Nahal so mm-hmm. so allegedly all the Cheyenne dogmen were killed off by the U.S. Army typical 
jerks. No, I'm just kidding. The U.S. Sorry. Army. <laughs> you hate the military. Kidding. What? No, that's not what I said. <laughs> Don't come for me. I'm going to edit that out. I'm scared now. No, oh, no, you're fine. The Man. Navy's going to show up at my door. The what Navy? Did you see about America? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah. My no, cousin's absolutely. in the Navy. Right. Was in the Navy. So, obviously, I can't hate people in the Army. The Army and Navy someone. are two different branches. <laughs> I'm going to edit all of this out. I'm just digging myself all. Oh, man. I, I know, know some people who are Marines and others that are in the Army, and they always talk shit on the other branches. It's like they got, like, they think that, like, I don't know. They're all so competitive with each other. It's pretty funny. It's weird. Mm-hmm. So, um, according to according to lore passed down from the elders of the Cheyenne, not all of them died. So it was believed that the U.S. Army killed off all of the dogmen, but apparently not. According to the legend, some of the dogmen actually shape shifted into dogs and now roam the woods and swamplands of Michigan. Hmm. It's worth noting that. While all witnesses of these half-dog, half-man beasts admit to feeling terrified, there haven't been any known deaths or serious physical attacks attributed to a dogman, like I said earlier. This is thought to be because of the Cheyenne belief that one must invite evil onto themselves. Therefore, the creature cannot harm you unprovoked. So the guy is literally like, like, he won't harm you unless he needs to defend himself. So he's a pretty nice guy. Yeah, well, I don't know. I read a lot of stories on where the dogman would just fling himself in front of people's cars. So I don't know. Ah, those are just regular dogs or deer or something. Oh, we don't blame the deer well, when the deer's dog hit. Man. We don't blame the deer when the deer's hit. The dogman probably doesn't know what's going on, man. <laughs> what? Like, the dogman runs out. He sees the bright lights. It's and like, he's like, oh, a car. <laughs> <laughs> jumps out oh we're going for a ride and then just gets hit that would be that would be my mom's dog charlie oh man oh oh car are we going for a ride let's go for a ride oh man (laughs) jumps into the road imagine like you go home this weekend and like you open the door and charlie's there like six foot tall man like oh no like flexing on (laughs) you like fur fur she already scares me she doesn't need to be on her legs either you know she kind of already walks around on her two feet sometimes god she's not very tall though Mm. she only comes up to about i think so i don't know maybe boob height Poop height. <laughs> but, um, so another one of the possible origins of this dogman could be that the dogman is just an undiscovered breed of wild canid. So, like, people are like, oh, what if, uh, like, there's biologists out there hunting the dogman? No, there's biologists out there saying, mm, I don't think this is actually like something, so probably just a weird coyote wolf dog hybrid ah that walks on two legs Mm, i they i think what skeptics and like the people who think about it more scientifically most likely think that people like in their fear of not really understanding what they're seeing can exaggerate or They'll think they see something and it's not actually what it is. So like the boring way of thinking about this. Yeah. <laughs> People that don't like to have fun at parties. Like they go to parties <laughs> and they're like standing in the corner. And, and... you're like, God's not even real. 
Like, oh God, they're playing this popular people music. I only listen to real music about science. <laughs> Turns on like Bill Nye, the science guy. Boo, boo, boo. Everyone gets lit anyway. Well, I'm almost done with my dog man story, okay? Oh no, I'm not rushing yeah. I'm having fun being sleep deprived. Mm-hmm. The listeners probably aren't. They're probably like wondering when are they gonna get back to the story? <laughs> we'll edit it out. I really wanna know about the dog man. But um so apparently this there's some scientists that think that the dog man might actually be a prehistoric wolf. Ooh. Now we're <laughs> like, getting you somewhere. know how um you know how some people think that the Loch Ness monster might be like um a prehistoric like um fish creature mm-hmm. from way back when that just somehow survived. Mm-hmm. Like kind of like that movie The Meg came out and like there is still megalodons underneath that like ocean cloud. It doesn't make any sense to me, but okay. It was an all right movie for a shark movie. I mean, the Meg's like a goofy. But so there is a prehistoric wolf that's called the Amarok, which is I, I meant to look it up, but my computer froze, so I didn't look at pictures of it. But I'm assuming it might be a bipedal wolf creature. That would be wild. Yeah. Or maybe it's like a bear. What if they're seeing a bear? You know, you know, it'd be wild if I covered the werewolf this week. That would have been wild. Werewolf, yeah, that the dog really man. just went together. But um, I would really like to play a clip of the song in this, but I don't. I'm not sure about the copyright and stuff. But um, if not, you guys should look up the song because it's pretty creepy. There's like um. Oh, and then it's got like the '80s synth too after the creepy part, which is just really. It's something. It almost sounds like the um, Twin Peaks opening a little bit. <laughs> but a song about the dog man. What? Yeah, it's, it seems pretty appropriate. Mm. Seems like something that would happen in Michigan. But um, yeah, that's all I've got. All right. Oh, wait, hold on. There was one other story about the dog man that I thought was pretty funny and relevant because there was this 13 year old that um, she said she went out to go for a smoke. And um, she said that she looked over at her barn, like she lived on a farm. And like the dog man slapped that cigarette. She saw a dog face looking up at her from around the corner, but it was like six feet into the air. And she was like, (gasps) (laughs) and then she just ran off. And apparently the the neighbor also saw some dog-like creature around the barn. So I guess she wasn't the one that saw it, so... Mm. So yeah, um, Dogman says smoking can cause wildfires. Only you can stop wildfires. And stop Dogman for president, 2020. <laughs> and her opponent, or Dogman's opponent, the Krasu, <laughs> slamming her heart on the table saying this is like in debate, okay, like a fist. Okay, John, let's just, let's just, um... Pretend that they are running for president. Who has your vote? One goes and eats rotten chickens and baby uh, placentas. And the other is stop kids from smoking. I think the answer is obvious. The Krasu. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> the Krasu like, for sure. Obviously the woman eating people. <laughs> of course. Hopefully. Oh no, I'm not about to put... <laughs> oh man i'm losing it 
You are losing it. I'm going to, you know what? We're going to actually just re-record this whole episode. And you're just going to edit me out, actually. Just edit me out. Yeah, I'm just going to silence you. (laughs) It's just going to be you reacting. (laughs) (laughs) For a good 20 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I'm going power hungry. (laughs) The fame really got to her. Oh, man. Yeah, that's that's the story of the... Um, Crossu and the dog man running for president 2020 oh, against Bernie Sanders because <laughs> he's running now too that's great current events wait hold on in um Bojack Horseman didn't the the dog man he he ran for president or he ran for governor for office okay okay he did run Mr. for governor yeah he ran for governor and lost <laughs> Aww. Well, poor Mr. Peanut Butter. Poor Mr. Peanut Butter. To be fair, he was bought out by the rich. Mm. Sorry. What? Yeah, no, he was literally in Bojack Horseman. Sorry, spoilers? Maybe? Yeah. Um, it's like season three. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. So, well, I guess that's, it's kind of a short episode this week, so I'm oh, sorry God. about that. I guess I should have wrote more down. Um, no, it's okay. I mean, I normally write just... You know, a small amount. Mine normally only take about 20 minutes and yours normally take up about the bulk of it because you do older stories. I've been doing more recent urban legends, so there's just really not as much history. Oh, yeah. This one had a lot of history, but it's just, you know, you can only talk so much about a dog man. Mm -hmm. It's like a lot of these, (laughs) a lot of these urban legend videos and like folklore videos I find online are like two minutes long. And I'm like, I'm doing this for 30. <laughs> but yeah. that's what podcasts are about, right? Yes. Yeah. I think we mostly just talked about our lives and a little bit of folklore and urban legend in there. God. People are going to be like, I'm. This, why the, did I follow this podcast? Oh, I'm yeah. It's like, it's like <laughs> immediately. All right. Let's cut this off before we dribble any longer. Yeah, you guys have right. a great night. Lo- I love y'all. Well, I think we're moving a little too fast. Yeah, it's only the third episode. It's only the third episode. They're they're really gonna be scared off now. Ah, damn it! Like, oh god, I'm not ready for this commitment. <laughs> <laughs> Starts drinking myself to death already. But... With your Pepsi. To be fair, I felt like like I felt my like my brain was fried today, and I felt like this Pepsi fried it harder. Like, I don't think that helped at all. Oh, whoa. Like. Ugh. Well. I guess that's it for this week. Hopefully next week we'll have our lives together a little bit more. Also, um, clads for me. I didn't tell Teresa that was the cross suit, but I feel like even if I did, she would have no idea what it was. Yeah, probably not. But, um, well, yeah, hopefully next week I won't do my notes last minute and John will do something <coughs> with um, maybe Some... maybe more substance. I don't know. No, I'm not shading you. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're telling me that a woman who's missing most of her organs doesn't no, have no, very that, much deep in her? No, no, that was an interesting one. That was no, an interesting one. I was trying to make a pun about her not having much substance because she's missing her body. That's that I couldn't, I couldn't find the words for That's it. That's where in time. we're gonna cut it off. Yeah, <laughs> you get it. <laughs>